Hey, Don't everybody. All right, let me try that again. I, I didn't know that she was going to still talk. Uh, hey, everybody, this is uh, Donnie Sturges, and uh, this is uh, Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. Uh, apologies, we don't have the theme song running on, the, on our first episode back. Um, but uh, today we're going to uh, be discussing, for our first episode back, we're going to be discussing the Thundercats. And uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O, uh, uh, with us today. So we're going to be able to chat him up about Thundercats, all things Thundercats, everything Thundercats. So, uh, Larry, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Donnie. How are you? Great, great. I'm doing so fantastic. I heard you say uh, our first show back. What, did you get kicked off for a while or something? <laughs> no, we, we, just, we, we kind of took a break for a while. <laughs> we kind of took a break um, for a while. I'm pushing your leg. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, it's great. No, um, actually, um, I just saw you. Two weekends ago, uh, in uh, uh, in Virginia Beach, uh, I was the I was the one who who got the personal message from you uh, from my friend John. Oh, did you remind me down there that we were, that you're the guy I was going to talk to today? No, because I didn't know that I was going to be talking to you until oh, that's right, that's week. right, that's right. You contacted me <laughs> after that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just wondered, so I just wondered why you wouldn't have said something about it, but here we are. No. I had no idea. But Jonathan, Jonathan set this up, so I, I had no idea until – in fact, I, to be fair, my meeting you in, in, in that, uh, that audio track is what got uh, – prompted Jonathan to bring you in when we did – and that's what – the whole show is because of that weekend, so. Ah, oh, fantastic. Um, and uh, so I don't yes. ignore my other – my, my, my co-host. Uh, hey, uh, Larry, I'm sorry. Uh, um, like, this is Jonathan, and I just wanted to say that I was the other guy – that met you and did the little video with you for the little interview yeah. with you yeah. and everything. So thank you so much for that. There we go. Okay. Now we're all, we're, we all know each other now. We're buddies. <laughs> Fantastic. <clears throat> uh, and the, yeah, I, Alfred I, Green. I, my name yes. is Alfred Green. I'm the producer for the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. And Hi. Well, I was watching Thundercats when I was a kid. So it's an honor. Great. To, oh, it's, thank you. Sir. I always love to hear that. Thank you very much. So, so now that we've completely botched up the opening, and <laughs> <laughs> did I do um, that? No, no, no. That was that was all me. I just I'm a little flustered because it's it's still it's such an honor to be able to talk to you, um, oh, even though I just did sweet. it like two weeks. Like yeah, it's, but um, so we wanted to talk about Thundercats uh, on on our episode and. Um, just for anybody who's listening, um, so a little background, because I know there might be some younger people who aren't familiar with the show or, or people that, that, you know, didn't really grow up with it like we did. But uh, yeah. Thundercats was a 1985 animated series by Rankin and Bass, um, and it was uh, characters created by Ted Wolf. And, and basically the, the basic premise was uh, a post-apocalyptic future Earth uh, that is inhabited by, by, by mutants and by the Thundercats who come from a, a destroyed world called Fondera. Um, and they are the good guys, and they are led by Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats, with his Sword of Omens that contains the Eye of Thundera. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically the bad guys, the mutants, are basically led by Mumra, the, uh, the ever-living. Um, and uh, he is basically a, an ancient mummy that turns into this powerful sorcerer that's half naked um so really great show it's 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 interesting because thundercat started 
it kind of came on board right around the time that He-Man was ending. So that, that whole like, like fantasy animated series was, was kind of got carried over thanks to, to Thundercats. So, um, and it's, uh, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, so I guess, you know, we, we ran, to, we ran, he, we ran He-Man out of town. That's what happened. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly yeah, well, right. He wasn't, he wasn't ready to retire. And we said, you know, take a hike. and got a better show. <laughs> well, I mean, he, the 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 uh, the live action movie didn't help either. I think that really um, was one of the final nails in the in the coffin for He Man, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, but Thundercats was was a for its time was a, was revolutionary. Like it had it it had a huge fan base and it was a huge hit for Rankin and Bass. Um, so, Larry, you started off in, in radio. Um, yeah. You you did IMS and you basically you know you were you, you were kind of a, a, a comedic you did a, a lot of uh, voices and stuff like that. How did you right. go from doing how did you go from doing radio to getting cast in the Thundercats? Well, it's really not that far a stretch. I started in, in radio as you said in the in my hometown in Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. Well, I'm from I'm actually from Pekin, 12 miles away. But anyway, uh, I started when <laughs> I was 15 years old. And uh, doing a disc jockey show, you know, playing the Beatles and Elvis right. and stuff like that. And then, um, but one of the, but, but even then I was doing voices, you know, <clears throat> little character voices. And I was using them in my show. Like I had, a, I had an engineer whose name I forget, but he would talk back to me, you know, and stuff like that. So that kind of was the beginning of um, my doing character voices and cartoon voices and things that eventually uh, – Ended up putting me on Thundercats some thirty years later, forty years later, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, like, how did that? Like, was it like? So, did somebody hear? Like, uh, did somebody from uh, Lorimar uh, like hear you on the radio and go, "Hey, that's the guy that we need"? Oh or, no, like... no, no, no. We we had to audition for it, like uh, like almost everything else in the voiceover business. You have mm-hmm. to go to an audition. Uh, I mean, there are times when they handpick somebody and say, I, I want that person. We don't have to audition, right. you know, but, but uh, Rankin Bass were not too familiar with New York actors because they had done all this stuff previously in California. In fact, almost ah, all animation, okay. had been, all animation had been done before in California. Uh, oh. But then along came, um, along came uh, Nickelodeon and things like that. And they started yeah. doing some animation in New York. So um, my agent called one day and said, do you have an audition? You know, Tuesday at uh, one o'clock for this new cartoon show, and uh, I went to it, and and thank goodness I, I I got the audition. I won the audition. That's that's fantastic. Because it's interesting because you because uh, I know before Rankin and Bass did like Thundercats, they did all of the Christmas animated stop motion animation stuff, and there's yeah. a lot of carryover, uh, a lot of voice actor carryover from like I think the the voice of Tigra. Uh, I think yeah. he uh, did some of those older uh, shows and stuff well. So it's interesting that you kind of came into the fold with people that are already familiar with Rankin and Bass mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, well, of um, course, I grew up. I, I grew up watching the the original Rankin Bass stuff, uh, cartoon, the Christmas things, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Red no- Rudolph Rednose Reindeer, of course, and uh, right. Frosty the Snowman, you know. And uh, yeah, it was Rankin Bass who did those, and uh, then all these years later again. Uh, Produced Thundercats, Silverhawks, Tiger Sharks, and by the way, the same cast that uh, those of us who appeared on Thundercats and Silverhawks, and then Tiger Sharks, and some. Uh, we also did several um, 
holiday specials for Rankin Bass, which uh, to me was a real treat because, you know, growing up watching their, their, their sure. earlier ones. We did um, A Star for Jeremy, which I think still plays every year around Christmas time. And we did one oh, wow. called uh, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which was actually clean yes. action. Yeah. I was, uh, I forget who I was on that. But, uh, yeah, so we did a lot of stuff in, in a few years' time for Rankin Bass. Uh, did you have a question, uh, uh, Jonathan? Uh, no. no, not at this moment. Oh. I'm kind of listening, kind of enjoying it. I thought, I thought, I, I thought, I thought somebody <laughs> was chiming in with a question. My bad. Um, no. So, yeah, the, the, so Thundercats has a very rich uh, mythology uh, and, and uh, this really great range of characters. I mean, and, and it's interesting how each of the Thundercats is based off of a particular type of cat. Um, yeah. You know, you've got Panther as a panther, Lion as a lion, you know, mm-hmm. Tatar as a cheetah, and Tiger as a tiger, and so on and so forth. Then you've got Wiley Kitten and Wiley Cat that are basically house kittens. Um, and then Snarf, whatever the hell Snarf is. Um, <laughs> uh, some kind of an alien creature of some unknown we, origin. Uh, we never did figure that out. What, what the hell he was. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, people either loved Snarf or they hated him. Because a lot, a lot of people Aww. found Snarf to be. Um, Annoying, because you know all I said was yes, yes, yes. So I, if you recall, if you recall the uh, 2010 remake, I think it was 2010 by Warner Brothers of Thundercats. Right. Uh, Snark didn't talk. Right. You made. I don't think he made sound. Oh, no, you're um, absolutely right. It's it's funny too because that was that was a staple uh, back then because like like for some reason animated uh, especially action adventure. Uh, animated shows had to have an annoying character for some reason. Like He-Man had Orko, the real yeah. Ghostbusters had Slimer, and yeah. it was just, it's it's such a weird staple. I think I think that was basically well, I think for, they, the, for no. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no. I, you, they, I, I I think they do that for a, a comic relief. You know, sure, you've got a, any sure. kind of a dramatic show, whether it's a cartoon series or a movie, you know, or a, a TV series or whatever. Uh, if, if if it's all drama, you gotta have. Sure. Some, a little bit of comic relief in it to break things up, you know. So I think that's probably yeah, I, one of I, the reasons. I, I, I completely agree. I think I think another part of it too is 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 um because the, the those cartoons are aimed at a certain age range, like maybe like you know like nine, ten. I think they kind yeah. of want to capture some of the younger audience as well, and so they want a cute character that kind of that you know sure. the older kids will be like, oh, I kind of can't stand this, but the five year olds are like, oh my god, I love Snarf, <laughs> he's great, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it. They still do that today with like Guardians of the Galaxy. They do. Groot, yeah. You know. Yeah, so, they do. You know, all he says is "I am Groot," and uh, some <laughs> people probably still find that a little bit annoying, but some yeah, people sure, love sure. it and think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I I, uh, I think that's been true, as you said, for a long, long time. Um, it's probably also why you need something to bounce people off of too. You know, I think sure, uh, that's why that's why they always have second bananas. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. if, the lead, if the lead guy is always out there cracking jokes, nobody's laughing at him on screen. You know, um, sure. it, it doesn't have the same effect. So you, so you give those characters, I think, give the uh, the main characters a chance, uh, 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 somebody to bounce it off of. You know what I mean? Sure. All right. So um, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit and try to get uh, Jonathan and Alfred uh, involved a little bit more. So uh, the the show ran uh, four seasons. Um, from uh, 85 to uh, 89, I believe. Um, 
you know, with a with a with a pretty decent uh, number of episodes for each season. Of course, there was there was that uh, the the movie that kind of came in after the first season that introduced uh, Pumira and Linkso and everything. So yeah. over the course of the whole series, uh, Jonathan and Alfred, I'll ask you guys first. Um, what was your favorite? Do you have any favorite characters or favorite episodes uh, from the series that you enjoyed over anything else? Well, uh, why don't you go, Alfred? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like Lionel, of course, and I have to say, I really like Snarf a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I liked him too. I have a question for you. How was it compared to like? Like, did you get the? Sh- did you read your lines before they animated, or did you get the animation yeah. and then read your lines? <laughs> yeah, you always do the voices first on animation. It would be much too difficult to um, for the animators to take our voices <clears throat> and then try to animate so that it matches the lips and all this kind of stuff, you know. So that it's it, it just much easier. Uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It would be the worse the other way around if they did the. Um, the animation first, because then the actors would have to closely watch the monitor while they're acting and try okay. to match the uh, match, match up with the, you know, it, it just wouldn't work out. It would take too, too long. So you do the voices first, and then that makes it easier for the animators to say, well, he's, he, you know, he talked this long or, you know what I'm saying? I'm not explaining it very well, but then I Are you, <laughs> are you doing fine? I think that's the, that's the reason, yeah. So we, we we recorded them first. We did um, with Thundercats. We re- we worked um, as I recall, only two days a month. We worked on a Thursday and a Friday, doing two episodes each day. So four episodes a month. Oh wow! And uh, well, the reason you have to do that is is once is getting to get time for the animators to well, first of all, the writers to write new episodes, and then the animators to animate the ones we've already recorded. You know. So um, it takes a while. It's probably over two years to do all the 130 episodes of Thundercats. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, so did you have a favorite episode, Alfred, or do you, or do you not? Or did you really just like the whole show? Um, I actually just, it's been so long since I've seen it. I always enjoy just the, the adventure part of it and the, the conflict between Lionel and Mumra. This is like an opportunity for me to go back and start watching them again, sure. having a little Thundercat renaissance and introducing my cats to it. Nice. <laughs> and what, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, well, uh, I remember the uh, Thundercats movie, right? And everything. Right. And I used to actually have that on Betamax um, years oh ago. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Uh, that's old school right there, but um, so I used to I used to watch that over and over again, you know, because uh, right. I didn't rerun as frequently as a lot of other shows did. So you know, yeah. if we t- I'd have to like keep them, you know, or whatever, and watch what I could when you know when sure. I did. Um, but the, the, I remember the Thundercats like uh, I think it was like wasn't it the like pilot was like, uh, you know, over an hour and a half long or something. I want to say it was. Uh, or, I, I, I do know the Thundercats um, were naked. They were naked. Yeah, the I, I don't they remember. They were naked that, in that first episode. It was such a weird thing um, to get away with. Right. 
uh, I don't remember that at all, but probably blocked that out of my my mind. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Larry could probably uh, explain that a little bit. To no, us, I'm not. Gonna, but, I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, touch that one. Are you asking That's right. They were originally. Uh, uh, they, they originally were unclothed, weren't they? I forgot about yes. that. Yeah, they, um, they, they escaped from Fundera, and they were completely unclothed. Yeah. And there's a scene that's really questionable because it's Chitara, completely naked Chitara, going into lion, young, like young kid lion Chitara yeah. coming in, both are completely naked, and she's waking him up. And, and the imagery, I'm just, oh, my God, this is – should we be watching this? Like, what channel is this on? Yeah, well, you know, I, I had forgotten all about that. Uh <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, I brought you have to, have his I'll, too. I'll have to go back and watch. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because I, I think a lot of people forgot about it because I didn't even remember it until they started showing reruns of it on Cartoon Network back in like the late '90s, early 2000s. And I remember yeah. watching the pilot for the first time in like years. And went, oh my god, what is like is this for real? Like I couldn't believe that they got away with it. I was so weird. I think the only reason why they got away with it is because. Uh, they drew lines where it looked like they were just wearing fur leotards. Yeah. So they yeah. were like they were they were naked, but they weren't naked. So the, like they had lines <laughs> making it look like they were wearing like leotards. So they kind of got away with it. It was so yeah. weird. Um, yeah. Well, they were but anyway, anatomically. I, they were not anatomically correct either. So you didn't. Have to no. That. <laughs> no, thank goodness. It'll be a completely yeah. different cartoon at that point. Um, I'm sorry, Jonathan. I, I cut in on you. So. Oh no! Well, I, like I just remember like the the first episode being just the thing that I, I recorded and everything and loving uh, watching it the most. So probably that one. It, it, just like Alfred, it's been a while since I uh, actually re rewatched it. I need to I need to uh, buy the DVDs or if they ever come on Blu-ray, uh, the Blu-rays of them. Sure. But um, uh, but I I would say as far as my favorite character, I mean there are there are a ton of them and um. And a lot of the ones that Larry has voiced are like my favorites, um, nice. you know, including ob- obviously Lino is, is almost everybody's favorite, I think. Um, and then there's Snarf, and then there's Jackman. <clears throat> so there's a, a ton of different ones that, um, you know, uh, right. like you, you did uh, Larry. I believe you did like yeah. uh, like twenty voices on that show. Oh, or at least more it than that. Like. We shot. We only had a cast of five. We only had a cast of five people the first year. Second right. year we added uh, Jerry and Raphael, so it was six of us. But all those five of us or six of us did all the voices, any voice you heard on there, with very rare exceptions. So each of us, well, first of all, each of us uh, did one Thundercat and one Mutant. I was. Uh, you mentioned Jackal Man. I was also Jackal Man. And I was uh, Safari Joe later on. I was. Um, oh gosh, Rataro, I think. Um, so we, we all did, um, you know, multiple characters. And then of course, as the show went on and they started adding, adding characters, so they, like the, the rover burbles and things like that. Um, right. then we each had to, one of the things we had to be careful of is if you did a voice in episode 25, let's say, and that character didn't show up again until episode 75, we had to go back and re-listen, make sure you got to remember how you did that particular right. voice. You know, and then as we added more voices, we would amongst ourselves. Uh, uh, well, we would not decide amongst ourselves, but we'd kind of audition for the producer, Lee Doniker, all over again. She'd say, "Okay, got a new character today, guys. As you see in your scripts, it's so and so. She's uh, or he's um, you know this guy, bad guy, this and that and that." 
And then we'd each give her an idea of what that character should sound like, and then she would just pick right there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I was I was actually going to ask the question what the what the process was for coming into the character voices and stuff, but yeah, you just answered it. That's cool. Yeah. Because I've always wondered that. Like, like I've always wondered how you approach a character and like what you think they sound like. But you guys auditioned for it, and then they picked one of mm-hmm. you and said, "Hey, okay, you got it." That's pretty cool. That's that's a yeah, that's a fair that's, that's a fair democratic system. Yeah. Well, for one thing, you have to do that because the our our two unions, the actors' unions, Screen Actors Guild, and um, American Federation of Radio and Television Artists. It's actually one union now, SAG-AFTRA. Uh, uh-huh. Part of part of the, the contracts that we have with with the producers is that they will audition for every every role, every commercial that comes up, every show, instead of just hiring their favorites. It gives it, mm. it gives every actor a better chance. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Because back back in the old days, there were studios and production houses that had a small group of people that they really liked to use all the time. And uh, that's fine for them, but it didn't give anybody else a chance at the work. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. So we all—that's that's why we always uh, we all audition. That's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, another question for you. Um, so, well, first of all, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, my favorite character, and and I'm not, and I'm not just saying this to kiss ass either. My favorite character was Lionel, and mm-hmm. and here's why, because Lionel was the. Lino was the character that the kids that, that was that the kids were meant to identify with because he started off as a child, you know, basically with 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 you know Wiley Cat and Wiley Kit. So he was clearly yeah. the the audience surrogate. Uh, he was the he was the one where the kids could you know be like, oh my god, if if this kid can become Lord of the Thundercats, I could do it, you know. You and got so, it. Yeah. And I that really that really resonated with me. I mean, that really got me. So I mean, for mm-hmm. me as a kid, I I grew up. You know, uh, from a, from a poor family, and so you know, I, I I had a lot of escapism. I loved TV and movies, and so for me, Thundercats that was mm-hmm. it. Like Lino, that's my that's my guy. So I really, much like Optimus Prime, like 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 powerful like like leader characters like that. It was fun because watching watching the trials and tribulations that Lino went through um, yeah. was was something that you know like I pulled for him. I I felt it with him like every step of the way, which is why my favorite. I I don't have one favorite episode. I have. Uh, a handful of favorite episodes, and they all center around the uh, the trials uh, that Lionel uh-huh, had to go yeah. through to to earn the Lord of the Thundercats mantle. Right. Those were some right. pretty powerful episodes. Yeah, they uh, were. They were. And and you mentioned uh, Lionel growing up, you know, from from a boy. That was pretty much the whole basis of the series: is him um, growing up. Taking them over the mantle of sort of omens from his father Claudius, and you know, growing up and mm-hmm. trying to handle the situation. Still a young person, but in charge, you know. Right. Uh, and interestingly enough, um, m- one of my favorite episodes—I can't remember. Maybe it was two of them. I can't remember the titles of them. They might be the ones you mentioned. It's when he is still a young boy. So oh yeah, yeah. Very first episodes, and mm-hmm. I like that because I, I, I got to uh, to do him as a young boy and do him as a, a man sure. later, you know. Oh, it's just simply a matter of uh, raising the pitch of my voice a little bit, you know. When later he <laughs> right, talked right. like this, sort of omens come to my hand. I Lionel command it. But when he was a kid, it was, ah, <laughs> oh, gee, Snarf, I, I don't know if I should try that or not. My dad says I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well done. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact it, that it you still got like it, man. So I passed the audition? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, you passed the audition. Um, yes. <laughs> Well, it's crazy that um, you're able to take um, a character and make two two separate voices, you know, right. and and 
you can tell they're the same person. You know, like it's, yeah. it's not even you know a question about that. So that's just that's amazing. Yeah. That I give you complete you know kudos for that. Well, thank you very much. And, and and ironically, I got to do it again in the remake in 2010 because I played Lionel's father, Claudius. Right. And he was very oh, very old at that time. So it was still my voice, you know, this voice, but it was a little older, a little, you know, Lionel. You've got to pass the test. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you, you've you've essentially played Lionel at three different stages in his life. Almost. I did, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it occurred to me. I should have been paid. I should have been paid for three of them. It just occurred to me. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You, you should, should have. Baby yeah. I know. You know. Yeah. Baby right. I know. We're campaigning we're for it right now. You know what? You just reminded <laughs> me of something else. We did a baby Lionel, uh, not on the air, but on the uh, box set. There was a, a special. Oh, wow. um, a, what do they call that? The special added feature or something. It was oh, cool. uh, a, as a matter of fact, I haven't thought about this since you know since we did it 20 years ago or whatever when we made the box set. Uh, it was the same writers, I think, and animators. It was like a three-minute thing uh, with Baby Lionel in the crib, and oh, then snap. yeah, and then now I forget which character I did that came in was was told to guard him for. Anyway, Claudius, his father had to go out and do something. So he said to this other character, now you stay here and, and watch Lionel. Make sure he doesn't get in any trouble. I guess it was Snar. Yeah. And um, if those people who have the uh, box that uh, you can find it on there, it's really kind of clever. Otherwise, I'm going to have to check it out. I, I, I have the box YouTube. set. I'm going to have to check it out. You know what? I think yeah, that's maybe. on YouTube too. Uh, Everything's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I'm going to try When we finish here, I'm going to look it up too. I think I saw it one time as under... Baby Lionel or something like that. Oh, nice. I'm going to have to check that out as soon as we're done here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one other key moment in the Thundercats uh, series uh, is my absolute favorite. Again, it, it, it's because of the strength. Um, that's the other thing, too. Another reason why I identify with Lionel so much was because I was the, I was the oldest in my family. We, my, my parents had three kids, and so I was a Lasky kid growing up, so I often had to watch my brother and my sister and basically uh-huh. be on my own while both my parents worked. So yeah. for me, seeing a young boy, you know, basically take on this huge responsibility, that was mm-hmm. that was like that was like I was I was thrust into responsibility and forced to grow up ahead of time. And so I that's another reason why I really identify with Lionel. Um but there's one moment in particular that to this day and I I, I played in my head whenever I feel uh like uh, like I'm I'm in the middle of something that's just too overwhelming or whatever. There's a scene, I can't remember the episode name, but it's uh Jaga is fighting the ghost of Groon, the destroyer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're, they're giants and they're like up in the sky and they're fighting. And of course, Lionel is the only one that can see this battle because he's the only one that can see Jaga. And so the rest of the Thundercats are basically just taking cues. Like they, we just have to believe what he's, what he's seeing. And there's yeah. a point where Jaga is close to defeat. And it, it, it gives me goosebumps to talk about it right now. But Lionel in a, in a, in a huge feat of selflessness says, take my strength. Like, oh, he yes. just, like he just owns it. He just owns yeah. it, man. He's just like, look, this, this is happening. I got to save, I got to save Jaga. So he's yeah. like, Jaga, take my strength. And yeah. that, oh my God, that scene alone. Oh man. You don't know how inspirational that, that scene was. Cause that's just, well, that's, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I, 
I hear that often about different elements in Thundercats, and it's one of the reasons. It's the main reason why I'm so protective of the legacy of Thundercats. You know, I don't, sure. I don't do anything that that uh, I've turned down things that use Lion O, but in a you know crappy way, and I I, I didn't sure. want to do that. Um, you know, Ron, it just reminded me of something else when you said that. I, I actually remember remember recording that particular line because Lee Doniker, our um, producer, uh, our director, I guess you'd call it. She was she was in the uh, in, in the the booth. I mean, the um, control room while we were all in the mm-hmm. studio through on the other side of the glass, you know. But I remember that day she was saying to, she was explaining to me what was happening, and um, she said. Uh, Realize what he's doing now. He's saying, Jaga, take my strength. So you really want it to be dramatic. And right. I guess I did because you said you, you, you said it just the same way I did. I said it. I remember oh, saying, yeah. uh, well, saying it that way. I, I used to I, – I don't think it's as good anymore, but I used to do a pretty good lion impression. Oh. Um, uh, I, I I see. I'm putting myself on the spot now, and I really don't want to. Yeah, you gotta but, do it. But uh, when I was younger, I used to I, I used to be like like Sora Bowman, give me sight beyond sight. Like I used to be able to do the the the, the voice. Um, yeah. And so that that just oh my god that just that line alone again was so inspirational. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. I, I it's such a great scene. Um, so um, for so we're talking about favorite episodes and stuff. Since you you know worked on the show, what else, do you have any favorite behind the scenes moments uh, uh, while working on the show? Well, that you can talk about? And there were so many, so many because we we worked on it so long, you know, the same group of people. Um, sure. And and then some of the other people like like Bob McFadden who was Snarf, uh, mm-hmm. he and I worked t- together every few months on um, the serial commercials because he was he was Frankenberry for. About oh years. wow. And uh, I've been Count Chocula and Sonny the Cocoa Puffs Bird for 40 years. Right. Now, now I've been in it that long. So we, right. we we saw each other all the time. We were working, you know, all the time. And, the, and then the Rankin-Bass stuff and all that. And the, the, my main memory of doing the show is that wonderful cast. I mean, God, they were so good. And and the crew, the um, the engineers, and it was written so well. I mean, I, I, this sounds gratuitous, but I guess that's one of the reasons why it was such a, bug, a big hit. And it's still... Still, people are still watching it today. It was, it was really done well. Even the music. I mean, that that opening music just grabs. Oh my you. gosh! Right? You know. Oh that, my As goodness. soon as you hear those first couple of notes, you just. Well, and it's, oh yeah. And it, if you think about it, that was heavy metal back then. That was. That it was. was pretty rare to hear music like that on a cartoon show. Oh yeah, because so, no, um, it opens. It opens with the, with the guitars. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 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 Sure. So um, now I've forgotten what uh, what we we're talking about. <laughs> I do that more <laughs> more and more lately. Uh, you know, don't get old. It's it's really a bitch. I'm telling. <laughs> One thing that was cool about I never thought it would happen to me. Uh, Larry, I have one thing I wanted to say was um, you brought up a good point about the music and the whole intro of the show was so yeah. There was a lot of cartoons on back then, but there was like. There was shows, and then there were other shows. I mean, this is one that I really look forward to coming home to um, during the week, and each episode grabbed me, and it wasn't – nothing felt like filler. It always felt like there was a lot of substance in it. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, and it was done, it was really really done beautifully. But the other thing I'm most proud about, the, proud of uh, having been a part of it, is the um, – I get so much email now, and, and even before computers, you know, I got – People would write me letters if they knew how to find me, and 
tell me in varying degrees, with varying degrees of um, explicitity, uh, <laughs> is that a word? Explicit. I think it, it is. It is now. Uh, varying degrees of detail that there, there, some of them would say, look, my childhood wasn't very good. And I knew what they were talking about, you know. In fact, you just said a little while ago, you, you, know, you had those challenges growing up. But, the, but sure, so many people absolutely. would say, but when I went, but in the mornings when I went in there and closed that door, for the next 30 minutes watching Thundercats, it all went away, and I, I, I could yep. forget all my troubles. And so that, yep. that means a lot to me, and uh, that's why I still have that, that special fondness for the show. Yeah, it was it, it was it was that and, and Silverhawks for me. I would come home at the end of the uh, after school, about three three thirty three o'clock in the after, yeah three o'clock in the mm. afternoon Thundercats, three thirty in the afternoon Silverhawks. So it was a back to back, and yeah. I, that that full hour I'd be sitting there doing my homework, you know, basically watching both those shows and just getting completely and totally immersed. Um, yeah, and and so it, it definitely was a, a, a means to 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 to, to not have to deal with like you know current troubles or yeah. anything for at least an hour so that's the way uh, they should be that's, that's the way animated shows should be you know just to yeah let you let go of reality for a while and you know but also sure. thundercats uh, people learned a lot from thundercats they tell me and that's what means a lot to me too you know people have told me that uh, the show helped them find their moral compass in a lot of cases sure and um, so that means a lot to me too listen guys i can oh, give you about five more minutes Okay, cool. Um, okay. All right. So, um, well, I guess uh, the last thing I want to ask you then, uh, mm-hmm. Larry, is is the legacy of the show. The legacy of because I mean, you know, obviously Thundercats is popular enough that there was a reboot, you know, in in, in 2010, and also mm-hmm. they're, they're coming out with another like a like a Thundercats. I think it's called Thundercats Roars coming out this year, which is kind of like a different type. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, like Teen Titans Go or something. Yeah, um, it is. What yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think uh, has contributed to the legacy and just the the just uh, the presence of Thundercats? Like, what has made it such a a long like longevity of the show? What is what has contributed to that and made it such a so special thing? Well, um, I'm I'm not a philosopher, but I think the reasons that I I, I mentioned is it, all the all the elements. I mean, the writing was fantastic, the the, the action sure. was great, and and the music was fantastic. It was directed well, edited well. The animation was great. For its time, you know, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I, I just, but I think also that the message I think was very different from everything else. You know, that, the absolutely. Reason that Rankin and Bass made the show to begin with is because at that moment in time, there was a movement here in America to cut back on violence and um, and uh, right. commercialism. You know, selling toys so much on children's mm-hmm. programming. There was a woman who right. started a. Um, uh, a council that, that now is very big and still over, oversees all the children's programming. So Rankin Bass, I can't, I think they must have had a heads up on that or something, or at least they were the, the first ones to take that to heart. Right. Uh, and they probably had vision, the vision too, to, to realize that, that, yeah, that's the way it's going to be from now on probably. So mm-hmm. that's basically the, the premise they started on when making Thundercats was it's, it's going to be a, it's going to have a, a good moral compass it's going to teach as well as as entertain, you know. Uh, it's going to it's going to teach things like uh, try talking things out before you resort to violence. Right. You know, the Thundercats never right. started in a fight, never started a right. fight. And then when a fight started, they tried to talk Mumra and all the bad guys out of it. They show them the light, you know. 
And then right. if they didn't, uh, if they didn't heed that, they beat the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's been great talking to you, but I really do have to go. Oh, no problem. And, uh, and thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much, Larry. Larry. Okay, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Oh, wow. That was, that was great. You know, having Larry Holy on the show. Holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that man. That was totally amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, having I, childhood I, icon. It, how, how do you follow a show like that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, like, man. We're, we're gonna have to have, we're gonna have to get like Mark Hamill or something next time. That's, that's how we're gonna top <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, if we can do that, you know, um, yeah. I do have IMDb Pro. Oh, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, you were responsible for getting Larry on the show, so I mean, you 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 you, you yeah, have yeah, a, you but... have a natural, you have a natural talent what? for like. Uh, you have a natural talent for like getting contacts, uh, you know, cause I mean, you, you know, people, you know, you know, people from the VSQ universe, like, you know, like, you know, Larry, like you have a good, like uh, you have a good talent for getting in contact with, with celebrities and just keeping in touch with them and being able to get them to do things that most people don't, didn't think they'd ever do. So I got to tip my hat to you on that one, Jonathan. That's a fantastic, right, I, I applaud you for that. I mean, uh... It's really all just just asking, you know, like, and then expecting yeah. probably a no, most likely. So when you go in with like somehow, no expectations of it, they're probably busy, but I'll ask anyway. You never know, you but, know. Like, but you, you somehow manage to pull it off. That's the weird thing. Like it's it's incredible. <laughs> like you get yeses. Yeah, like, yeah I think uh, I think if you were a D and D character, I think your charisma would be twenty. Well, I don't I'm know sorry. that. Never mind. It's a it's a D and D joke. It's I'm just saying that you have very high charisma because you seem to get yeses from people that most people would probably get no's from. It's impressive. Okay. Um, I think it's amazing what people will. I think it's amazing what people will do if you just ask them. That's true. Yeah. It is true. It is true. I mean, I mean it's yeah. most most people. The reason why they don't get you know chances like that is they don't take them there because they're too afraid of 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 a, of a negative response, and so they don't even try. <laughs> well, and so you yeah, want so you, you want to hear the what's that? The, uh, go ahead, Donnie. No, I'm done. You go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just no, gonna go say ahead. like that. Um, the, uh, the 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 craziest story you know period is. Uh, the first person I ever, like, first celebrity, you know, I ever asked on one of my shows was for the Independent Corner, and I had maybe done, like, seven or eight episodes of the Independent Corner. I really didn't have a huge thing, but I was on MySpace, and I found uh, Megan Berwick, who was ZZ, on Salucia Shorts. And I oh, just okay, was yeah. like, you know, let me hit her up, send her my phone number, thinking, you know, whatever, right? And I get a fucking call from her. And I was like, nice. uh, you know, like I was, I was surprised, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. All right. Well, I got, you know, and she agreed to come on the show and, and talk and everything. I, if I could ever redo any show, that would be the one I would redo because I was not happy with the way, you know, just too, uh, just too many callers well, calling in that, you know, things didn't go the way I was hoping, but you know, it was my first well, you know, I mean, celebrity. We could always we could always do it for Hollywood Boulevard sometime. 
if I can, she's uh, she gone off. She went off to um, uh, to some kind of peace, like peace.org stuff. Oh. You know, she's done some oh, wow. some serious like like she's really easy in real life. You know, like nice. she's uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, if I ever do get a chance to interview her, one question I'm going to ask is, did, did ZZ, like you know, like that I never got to ask is, did that did that character actually change your whole perspective on things because that's kind of what she right. ended up doing. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, I've so had we got some, what? I've had we, got, some cool people. we got we got like what five minutes left. Right. So we should we so should probably we got, wrap this up. We 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 kind of got off the topic for, for a second. Just so overwhelmed. Anyway, so um, well, I'm definitely looking for the rewatching. Time. Now I got a pair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by all means. Watch um, all of us. And 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 I I will also recommend the 2010 reboot as well. Um, not just because Larry Kenny does the voice of Lionel's father in it. Uh, which um, which was which was one of the questions I was going to ask him before he left, but I didn't get a chance to. But that's cool. We can we, we can definitely have excuse me have him on again. Um, <laughs> maybe next time we'll have him, we'll have him on for like Silverhawks or something, or or maybe we can do a, an episode on on breakfast cereals or something. Um, <laughs> but I thought uh, that was really the, cool. <laughs> but 2010, the 2010 reboot of Thundercats, uh, it was on Cartoon Network. Uh, it was also really really good. Uh, in fact, it. Um, it took every, it took the mythology and it took the characters from the original show and it expanded upon them even more. It was, it's pretty much like the way he, the He-Man reboot did for He-Man, uh, like a couple years earlier. Uh, it was funny too because I originally resisted the new Thundercats anime, animated series because I was like, oh, because the animation looks totally different, the characters are totally different. I'm like, eh, I don't want to watch this. This is dumb. It's not my Thundercats. And then. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And so I watched the first couple episodes. I was blown away. Like much more serious tone. Uh, not that the original didn't, but it was it, it was they were really trying to to make a more grown up. Uh, and by grown up, I mean more like you know like young adult, like teenager type cartoon, but also something for the kids as well. Um, the stakes were higher. The characterizations were were more intense. Um, and everything about the, the, the reboot, it only lasted one season, unfortunately, because um, Ted Turner pulled the plug on it, uh, like he does on all uh, non-Warner Brothers-specific shows on, uh, on Cartoon Network. But uh, I highly recommend checking out the reboot as well if you can find it, um, because it's really, really good. It really builds upon the mythology and the characters uh, that were introduced in the original. Uh, it's, it's really, really good. Um, so I think... With that, uh, we could probably just start wrapping things up um, before before the show ends. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I, I hope I hope we had a got, we had a decent amount of listeners tonight. Uh, it was so great having well, Larry Kenny on the show. I know my friend Carly listened because she sent me a picture of uh, Lino and uh, Chitara naked uh, that I sent to you guys <laughs> in your letter. Uh, that's in your. Uh, I know. Uh, I know exactly so what you're it, talking about. Yeah. I, oh my goodness. Um, I was like, whoa, yeah. that looks like light, the Thundercat porn right there. Um, it but, does. Yeah, it really so, does. It does. But um, especially Chitara, you know, like. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you, Carly, for for sending us that, um, and yes. for listening. And thank you all. Um, we will be back. Um, I, I think in a month or so. Um, yeah, in about so a month. Sometimes we're 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 we're, sw- uh, we're switching gears and kind of doing a monthly instead of a weekly show, guys. So. Yeah, so it's about to cut off. So just say, uh, look us up on Hollywood Boulevard podcast on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. And H-L-L-Y uh, B-L-V-D pod on Twitter. So thank you and guys again, so much like for to, checking this out. What? And we'd like to thank uh, Larry Kinney again for being on the show and talking to us about Thundercats. It was a great conversation. We had a great time. And so, uh, yeah, uh, that's it for me and everybody. Uh, so uh, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you in about a month. Thundercats, ho! <laughs> Thundercats, <laughs> thank you, ho! Alfred. Thundercat. Oh, no, guys. Bye. Bye.